0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and oh, I didn't check my settings. My
1: camera's all messed up. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There we go.
1: Because you did a single show. I did. Yeah, we were talking too much before. That's what happens it is what happens
0: uh hello everybody <laughs> welcome welcome to the saturday morning rpg show my name is jordan with the silent ph in the middle and i'm joined always by my wonderful co-host sir lucian over at sir lucian gaming um we're back uh with uh, a, r- a regular show i guess where it's just yeah. two guys talk about rpgs not spending days in the wilderness conquering castles and various other things so. right <laughs> right
1: yep wearing armor Getting wearing here.
0: armor Enjoying life, you know, little things.
1: <laughs> little
0: things. Um, so yeah, how how was all of? That? I mean, is that? I guess that's what you did, or maybe you had something else last week. I forget.
1: No, that was that's what we did, and uh, I feel like maybe last week. I don't know if it's true where you're living at the moment, but it felt like the last hurrah of summer, and I feel like uh, right after Sunday like Monday after that we had rain and cold so it mm. felt like fall hit pretty quick here in in the old Michigan Northwoods. Uh Michigan. I don't know about where you're at. Did uh, has it has summer turned for you yet or are you still enjoying the summer days?
0: Um it's it's getting it's getting cooler, which is nice, but then we always have these random like 90 degree days that seem to come out of nowhere just towards the of end day. of September, beginning of October. So, but um, that's not bad. But no, uh, it's good. Like, overall, um, it's cooling off, and I like that. I'm excited for October. So, yeah. that's like the birthday coming month. Up. That's uh, Halloween. It's just the best month of the year.
1: It's not school yet for the kid. That's probably a couple years out yet. But that that's is not a couple years
0: out. Off. Yeah. So, he's, right. he will be turning four this year. It's crazy. Well,
1: so it's getting close. Yeah. Preschool. Yeah.
0: So welcome, everybody. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, I have not, well, we have a lot to talk about, I guess. Um, I was thinking about the news. I'm like, I'm not really sure what happened. But a lot of people started talking about the UA7 more in depth. And now that you're here, I guess we can Mm -hmm. talk about it. Because we talked about it a little bit last week on the solo show. Yeah. yeah. Well, last week we talked about it on the solo show and I was like, yeah, I think it's kind of like this, but then my feed has just been like, they ruined Counterspell and I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm part of the uh sly flourish Mike Shea uh bandwagon on people that hated Counterspell since the very beginning because <laughs> yeah. I never thought it was a good um like I I'm fine with it being in the game. I think the ability to thwart a spellcaster is cool but mm-hmm. the way it's handled in dungeons of dragons 5e is so annoying and frustrating on yeah. both sides if you're a dm counter your player your player's upset and frustrated and vice versa and it's like i don't but then it's one of those spells where i felt players feel they have to take it Because if they don't, then it's like, well, I'm literally just, like, hurting myself if I don't counter stuff. And I'm like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, in my game on Thursday, it stopped two fireballs from hitting me (laughs) because my party mages counterspelled the, you know. So there it was the victory. But then you're right because it's that downer when you try to cast your spell and the DM says, ah, counterspell. And you're just like, no. Yeah. (laughs) But it's such a weird, I, I wanted to bring it up, too, because have you in your games kept it as written, even though I know we've discussed how much we don't like it or have you home ruled anything for your counter spell within any of your 5e games?
0: Um, I, I think. Uh, no, I think I played it as written. That's and how then, we've been playing
1: it. We've been playing it as written. Yeah. Hated it, you know, or complain about it, but we're like, eh, that's the rule. We're going with it. Yeah, so... But that's kind of how I felt
0: one. about a lot of stuff in my early careers of that. And I was trying to think if anybody played a wizard. With Josh think. right? Well, I played a wizard, but I specifically didn't take Counterspell because I hate it. And that was I remember my party members were really upset with me because that's right uh the enemy teleported away and it was like you could have countered that and I'm like you're right but I hate, <laughs> but I that, hate spell. that spell and so and it's my character I'm not going to take it uh, kind of a thing is how I felt yeah. so I I don't know I um, have played a
1: wizard in um tomb of annihilation campaign where Danimal was running our our Australian dungeon master from down under and me. then also in um This game, we have quite a few in the Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We have a a gnome who can counterspell. And now we have another character who died and made a new character, and I think he can counterspell now too. So the reason I really put it in the notes, because I know everybody was talking about it, and I know we talked about it a little bit um, in our game, where they said, correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't read the actual rule yet, but it sounded like they did try to adjust some of the negative of counterspell. Maybe not everything that's negative about a counterspell, you know, the counterspell as written, but it seemed like you could try to counterspell now, and that would force the uh, enemy or target to do a concentration check. And then if they passed, spell goes off. If they fail, spell is doesn't go off, but they do get to keep their spell slot. Yeah. But they do lose the action or the bonus action or the reaction. You,
0: you like, interrupted is really what he yeah. came out and said. So uh, we can look at it really quick. So the original spell yeah. is third level, and it's a reaction. Um, and I think this was another problem. They said at higher level, wizards get that uh, turn a level. Oh, counter spell's not that issue. But, like, they get that issue of turning a level one spell into a cantrip where they can cast it at will. Oh, and boy. Jeremy Crawford was saying like we never really intended for wizards to be able to just spam shield like yeah, all shield the time. The yeah, yeah. Um yeah. so they changed that ruling to be it has to be an a spell that's an action. So you can't bonus action mm-hmm. or uh bonus action or um reaction that. And I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Um and I think that's fine because you could homebrew a magic item that lets you do that or something. Like, I don't know if you really want to right. do that. But, like, as written in, like, the core rules, it's kind of like, Ugh. So the original counterspell is a reaction 60 feet. Um, the components are just semantic, which I think is frustrating because you can't – You they can cast it while silenced. They can cast mm-hmm. it while uh, – Oh, they don't need any material components. But they have to
1: see you. They can't be blinded, right? They can't be obscured. You have to see them, them, yeah.
0: Well, it says you attempt to interrupt a creature in the process of casting a spell. If the creature is casting a spell of third level or lower, its spell fails and has no effect. If it is casting a spell of fourth level or higher, you make an ability check using your spell casting ability. And the DC equals Mm -hmm. 10 plus the spell's level. On a success, the creature spell fails and has no effect. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't say anything about seeing. It just I says thought that was par. Yeah, I thought it was too. That's kind of interesting.
1: I know. So that's you can hear, play.
0: and you're like, ah, you're within sixty feet. I'm gonna counter it, um, mm-hmm. which maybe makes sense because I always envision counter spell as like you're trying to undo, like magically what they're doing. And so you're creating like an opposite harmonic that's neutralizing it is what I always kind of thought Um, of it. So the original counter spell, I don't like because if it's third level or lower, it just works. And it's like, well, that, that stinks. So you're incentivizing the DM and the player now to have a mind game with each other that isn't fun and it's this bluffing back and forth and maybe that is fun for other people I should say that like it's just not fun Mm -hmm. for me and so you have to start with like well uh he's gonna cast a spell and then the player is like well what spell and I'm like I you don't know it's like well can I make a make a uh arcana check and I'm like you can but you use your reaction Mm -hmm. then and then you can't cast a spell you know, and that's from Xanathar's guide. Like I'm not making that up. Like you can determine what type of spell is being cast by using your reaction to make an arcana check. So where it's halting the game, it's causing like roll after roll after level thing after this. And then at the end, <laughs> uh, he's you just shout out, He's he's casting fireball, and then the other bard with counter spell counters it. And so I don't know. Then if it's not, you make a spell check. So mm-hmm. the, so if I'm casting a fifth level spell, fifth it's level, 10 yeah. plus five, but do you <laughs> know how easy it is to roll over a 15, even for like a level three wizard, like yeah. so easy. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like it needs to be like a lot higher <laughs> to, to yeah. actually be beneficial. And then on the plus side, what do you want to counter? You want to counter the big, big spells. And so that's, what you want to do well i think it's like six seven eight and nine you have one spell slot and Mm -hmm. if you lose your one ability and so i always i always pictured it as uh let's replace it with something that um like a fighter or a monk has or something and so Mm -hmm. uh i think i think the example i used a long time ago was like was like i i hit with my fighter and then i action surge oh i counter that well what do you mean? Well yeah, you just don't get to do it now. I countered it. Right. I used this I used I used my reaction to take your entire action away. Yeah. Uh do I get a roll or save for anything? No, you don't. It's all I just do it. And I I think and that's what I parry, always right? <laughs> hated about it. Well, parry is yeah, yeah, like yeah. is parry is like shield. I parry you. Oh! <laughs> but parry is kind of like shield where it's like does a 15 hit and you're like, "Ooh." Okay, I parry, and now we know that their reaction is gone, and mm-hmm. other people can go in and attack and stuff. Like, if if it's my turn and you use your reaction to prevent me from uh, attacking, um, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I have to wait an entire turn in order to try again. Oh, look, that player has their reaction back again. So he could just counter my spell or counter my action surge or something. Yeah. Like, Shield and parry is reactionary to being attacked. Uh, Counter spell Mm -hmm. should be like, I negate the effects of the spell on me, but not on Mm -hmm. everybody else. You know, like, that's how I always felt it should work. Uh, But it doesn't work like that. So the new one Mm -hmm. is level three, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It says reaction, which you can take when you see a creature... (laughs) you can take oh it does say when you see a creature okay sorry it does say that there was a little asterisk at the bottom of the original spell so it does you have to be able to see them they must have added it yeah so uh reaction you could take when you see a creature within 60 feet of you um it's exactly the same everything semantic you attempt to interrupt a creature in the process of casting a spell the creature must make a constitution saving throw um on a failed save the spell dissipates and has no effect And the action, bonus action, or reaction used to cast it is wasted. If that spell was cast with a spell slot, the slot isn't expended. And so really the difference is is that I can bring a really sturdy lich who has Mm -hmm. a high constitution and make those rolls as opposed to the player making an arcana check to a static number that is 10 plus the spell level. You know, and so I think it's it's, based
1: on the target.
0: I think it's better because the target can change. He can, you know, like oh, Mm -hmm. you've got a really frail wizard with like, like ten level nine spell slots, but uh, he has got a constitution of five. Like you're probably he can't maintain concentration on spells, and so it's like I kind of like this idea, and
1: and it kind of solves the other problem of you just you have your one seventh level spell you've been waiting to use it. You might not even use it in two sessions or three sessions. Now it's in a big fight. Now you're ready to throw it off. You get countered, but you still have your spell slot. So yes. there's still next turn to try that seventh level again. To try yeah, again. Or, still a, or a turn. different
0: strategy. You now know yeah. that, guy's got, that guy has counter spell. I'm going to play around that, but I didn't lose. You lost your action, which I think is still a problem because I'm yeah. trading my reaction to stop your entire action. Like, if, mm-hmm. you're a, if you're a fighter and you attack four times with one action, that sucks. If you're a fighter and you fight four times with one action and you can only take a bonus action attack if you took an, an attack with your main action, it's like, mm-hmm. well, now you don't get your bonus action either, you know? So, yeah. you, to put it into perspective, I guess, is what I'm trying to do.
1: Yeah. Um, and, there, and in our game this past week, um, I got stunned. I got mind blasted by a mind flare. I failed my role four times. It's the worst that's ever happened, but four rounds went by, and my guy just sat there and did nothing. <laughs> really sucked. Yeah. So, yeah, not being able to do something is always that thing that gets those players. Um, and I, I think what we've described so far is bad, but you can play with it, you can move forward with it. I think what truly breaks it is when – i counter your spell and then you use your reaction to counter my counter spell and then somebody else the bard <laughs> uses that counter action to counteract to counter spell somebody you know and then it's just like all these counter spells are just go, who's going who's where where's your reactions all this stuff and it just gets really messy at that point you know where it's just like we fought a group of wizards or, or spellcasters that had it and it was just a mess um of counter each other so I always thought I think this is the one thing. Tell me what you think about this. Um, This is a spell where I think you have to start not by building the mechanics, but by really playing out what is the thematics of this thing. What is happening. Are we saying there's a duel of wizards and as the spell is being formed. The other one is trying to unravel the spell. They're trying to distract, like they're picking up something telekinesis wise and throwing it at them, or shouting at them, or you know, trying to get them to trip up in their in their words or their their hand symbols or what is actually happening, and then build the mechanic that kind of matches that, but it's not a your spell doesn't go off, but maybe it lessens it a little bit or at least enough that you would want to maybe do it, so maybe. You get to roll a, a one or two dice to mitigate some of the damage, but still the thing goes off. So maybe it's not as good, but at, at least you've you've dampened it down. Maybe you can shift the target by five feet or ten feet. Like that's that's what you're doing to counter. Like the idea of what are you actually doing, or just have like a uh, just like there's a grappling rule where you decide what is happening with grappling, and that is outside of kind of the attacks and the other stuff that's happening, I always think that Counterspell should have been its own little thing too. What, some type of dual fast mechanic that seems to be fun for everybody, maybe doesn't stop things completely, but still mitigates a little bit of it so that you you might make a choice to do it, and then and then build the rule from there. Yeah. is kind of what I was hoping. I,
0: I, I think <laughs> there... Wizards of the Coast mentality was, hey, we have this concentration mechanic, and I'm talking about original counterspell. So we have this concentration mechanic where in order to maintain concentration on a spell, it's DC 10 or half the damage you took, whatever's higher. Mm -hmm. So if I took 16 damage, it's half of that is eight, but I still do a DC 10 check. And DC 10 is kind of like you know the average human the being has a 50/50 chance but like you're above average so you're going to have a better chance mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can you can stat into constitution and get proficiency and stuff to aid you with that so they were like oh well if it's like concentration um then we'll just add the the spell number like oh it's a fifth level spell it'll be 10 plus 5 that's kind of like the equivalent of taking half the damage. But the thing is, is it's not at all. (laughs) Like Especially when you can take like 45 damage sometimes from things. So it it was definitely uh, not well thought out in that sense, which is a reason I don't like it. Uh, And this makes a lot more sense because you're forcing a saving throw, which is every other spell. Like every other mm-hmm. or every other spell that forces a saving throw is like, okay, my spell save DC is this. you, you know, and yeah. so it's yes. a known mechanic, yes. you're not
1: reteaching anything. Yeah.
0: And then I can have a level twenty wizard has a much better chance of countering this guy's spell. Because his mm-hmm. spell attack and modifier in DC is way, way higher as opposed to the level three wizard that, or level four or five wizard, whatever, whenever you get level three spells, can like counter yeah. um, a level 20 thing. You can also burn um, legendary resistances to make this happen. Uh, I mm-hmm. definitely don't think counter spell is fixed. I don't, I don't like this version either, really, because you're still using a reaction to take away somebody's action. Yeah. Uh, i think I, it's better but I, I do agree. think it's but i think it's better that's what i was gonna say like if yeah, i had man. to pick one i'd definitely be like i think this is the one so
1: <laughs> and what made me think of the changing and like i was thinking about maybe home home ruling it um for my campaigns too because i have uh, gloves of snaring um in the character i'm playing right now and there was a kind of a cool instance where a ballista bolt gets shot at him obviously it had a bunch of damage on it i tried to catch it i roll a d10 plus a certain number I don't quite get the full number so you still take some of the damage or uh uh, some of it but you can mitigate a little bit of it right and i like the idea that you can at least you know you see that fireball coming i'm going to try to do something that just doesn't make it as bad as it looks like that fifth level fireball is about to be so maybe i get whatever my thing is i get to roll 2d6 and that mitigates just that much damage but the rest of the damage is happening you know or something like that i like the idea that nothing ever goes away completely but maybe it's modified slightly or enough. And then everybody's still happy. I still threw my fireball for whoever got the fireball. The person who mitigated it got to do something to help kind of tamp it down a little. And then the battle still cinematically still seems to work that way and, and feels good that there are two wizards dueling each other and trying to hamper the effects of the magical abilities that are being thrown around while there's this big scrum of fighters and rangers and rogues and Mm -hmm. jumping on minions and you know all that stuff's happening in the center with these big spells are flying around so i think it's interesting i think um it's definitely one that they they should probably address again really i don't know if you know these two it almost probably should be a spell i still think it should be like a mechanic like you're entering into a, a duel of some sort, but I don't know what, what action you would use to do that. Yeah. Reaction never seems to be the equal of action. So I feel like, I don't know if that's a good trade, but you only do get the one reaction. And then after that, anything else that comes through is going to hit. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that can come off of that or like a, maybe you have to use a, and it has to be on somebody else's turn to use it to instigate it because you're not going to use it until you see Josh a start to cast his spell. Mm-hmm. So now I need to do something. So, yeah, so it's a tricky one. But I thought it was uh, uh, interesting how it seemed like everybody was saying, no, they broke counter And I'm thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, one.
0: yeah. Uh, I want to point out that Sky uh, correctly pointed out that I am describing shield and parry when I say I'm using my reaction to thwart your entire action. Um, yeah. And you're right, uh, except a lot of times, and I guess my, my defense with this is parry is for one attack. And if I am a warrior or a fighter, then I'm going to have like two, possibly four attacks. So yeah, you parried one, but I still have three other times to hit you. That seems kind of cool and cinematic. Um, Mm -hmm. Shield, you're right, is like I hit you and then shield lasts for the entire round. Your AC just goes up. But I can make the decision to uh, walk away and hit somebody else, you know, but Mm -hmm. with with spells I can't be like oh you countered it well then I'm going to take the same spell and and fire it in a different direction or I'm going to change it on the fly like there isn't that mechanic for spell casters um yeah. but right now I, I I don't think they can take it out of the game or change it so dramatically because people will flip out because like you said people were like really excited about this and they wanted
1: mm-hmm. or they
0: they like they like counterspell um and I'm playing Baldur's Gate three, and it feels like Counter Spell is essential in that game, because <laughs> there are so many times where something pops up and it's like, hey, they're casting like this terrible spell, and you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I can't I, let that happen. <laughs> I do want to get, I this is my last level five spell slot, but like, I can't let that happen, you know? Yeah. Or it pops up and it's like they're casting Eldritch Blast. I'm like, oh, I'll let that happen, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I get it. I, I just. I don't like I don't like counterspell. Um. So something that uh, I was just thinking of while we were talking is a very unused feature of Bard is counter song. I think where you take an action to play a song, and it gives everybody advantage on saving throws against being like frightened or charmed. Uh, I would like something like that. Like I'm gonna cast a counterspell, and for this turn anybody who casts a spell at my party members has like a minus five or a minus 10 to their attack roll. So sometimes the spells might still go off, but they'll make their saving throw. Or sometimes the spell will just flat out miss or they'll have advantage on the saving throw. Like Mm -hmm. players would hate that because counter song is not a good feature (laughs) of the bard. (laughs) But at the same time, like that makes more sense from a tactical game where we have miniatures and positioning matters and things like that. Mm-hmm. than just saying like, no, you know? So, uh, I was really surprised though. Cause I, I saw a video that Ted did and he likes the original counter spell and was saying like, so if I, if I counter this guy, who's trying to cla- cast death cloud, he still has a spell slot and he can just do it again. And I'm staring at the screen going, yeah that's the point yeah, like yeah. danger is supposed to be part of the game like what what and he was all like i want to get rid of all of their spell slots and i was like no <laughs> like if there's no threat then why are we playing the game kind of a thing so but i don't know anyway <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i thought yeah i thought that was pretty funny i knew i knew it would be a good topic for us to bring up so i threw it in there i did also happen to watch um Chris Perkins on the D and D channel did do a DMTX video. Yeah. And apparently how was it? it's the presentation that he has done at the Paxes or the Gen Con. He did like a He did a full on, on presentation. Think, yeah. And this was the same thing as that. So they oh. just kinda of in video form, I believe, is in it might have been slightly different, but I think he ran it as if like he was at the Gen Con thing. Yeah. So I think if anybody wanted to see that or they missed it from Gen Con, it was pretty good. I think it's the stuff that we've normally heard from Chris Perkins in in the D crowd as far as DM tips, all things that I you know seem perfectly great mm-hmm. and things that we've even said or, or have mentioned or have learned ourselves. Um, I just thought it was really good. So any new Dungeon Masters that are out there, if you're looking for a good, you know, Dungeon Master tip. Uh, video there's out there's one out currently on the Dungeons and Dragons channel yeah
0: um and then I'll well I'm gonna talk about this here so speaking of Chris Perkins he tweeted out a picture of the Planescape box set so the physical book is getting made I guess uh which I don't know if they do they must do some early runs just to like check it over and make sure nothing's like off center uh and I I imagine it's something like that but uh I don't know. I'm excited for Planescape. So I think that could be a lot of fun.
1: And I then it's all that you want. Because I know that Spelljammer, there was a lot yeah. of excitement about it, but then you got it and it didn't have the thing that you wanted. I'm hoping Planescape does have the thing that you wanted so you can be excited about it. Yeah. And then when you get it, you are excited about yeah. it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I
0: learned about Planescape that made me kind of sad and doesn't make any sense to me is Uh-oh. Wizards of the Coast as for hype for plate or for spelljammer sorry this is about spelljammer for hype for spelljammer they released a really good 1 to 3 adventure, 1 to 5 adventure that basically got you into space to then play the spelljammer adventure which was like 5 to 12 or whatever mm-hmm. um, but th- you can no longer get that 1 to 5 adventure like even though it's free on D&D Beyond and I went in and I claimed it I have it but like I've sent the link out to other people and I'm like no you should grab this it's a really good intro adventure and they're like well that that link is expired I can't do it anymore and I'm like what do you mean expired and it it literally they have blocked the free content that they were giving away and oh, and I'm like I, I don't why. understand why like and it was good like it was mm-hmm. it was good I don't It involved the Niyogi and all these cool things. And so there's things like just like scratch my head. I'm like, what are you doing as a company? Like, what is wrong with you guys? And who knows? Maybe there was like some weirdness between uh, D&D Beyond fandom and D&D Beyond Wizards of the Coast. But like it was still a Wizards of the Coast thing that they put up for free. I think they, they would own it and they could still sell it or give it away. Um, or at least put it up for like a dollar or something. Like I don't know. We
1: should tweet to Chris Perkins or, or Jeremy Crawford and just say, "Hey, how come I can't get this?" Yeah. And see if they respond.
0: I don't like Everybody if I was, in, the, in the show. <laughs> if I was the the person that wrote that, and it was like, "Yeah, yeah I want you to check out before. my." Oh, you can't now. Like, I don't know. And there's no PDF to get of it, so like I can't save it and send it to my friend or something like that. And like piracy aside, I'm not advocating piracy, but like it just. It feels weird that it was this free thing that I can no longer get. <laughs> right. And I don't yeah, I don't know right. why it's there. So, uh but much like Spelljammer, um after reading through that I was like, wow, I really don't like this. I really don't like this and I kind of the reason I was upset is I didn't have a, pl- a way to make planets and I didn't have a way to make solar systems uh and then the ship mechanics were really like fuzzy. Uh in hindsight, I went back and, like, took the AD&D ship mechanics and kind of 5 e them. And I was like, oh, I mm-hmm. could do this. And then all of the planet generation stuff is also in the 2e stuff, which could apply. So really for Spelljammer, I just needed some fun monsters. And I got a monster book. But, like, it yeah. it was its least popular.
1: I, mean, I feel like I would steal that, the that crash stuff and stuff for Spelljammer. Like,
0: <laughs> like really
1: hard. Yeah. So Yeah uh that's a shame too because yeah. i was i was super excited for it um and i i still want to play i mean we've kind of dabbled with dungeon of the mad mage there is some really good lead-ins if you really want to go and jump into a Spelljammer campaign from that because of the the different pieces that you can find spoilers throughout it that kind of could lead you in a spell jammery way right you could you could easily take that as an offshoot and just go let go go spell jamming as it was mm-hmm. um and i still think it's uh and they, they have interesting races and interesting you know things that were there it's just it's a shame that they couldn't give us decent ship mechanics when they gave us mad max vehicle mechanics for you know when we're in hell and we're running around in our mad max um what do they call them, battle wagons or whatever they they were in the wastes of the demons and the devils. Um, mm-hmm. Those seem to be pretty good rules for vehicle combat. So I'm just surprised that they couldn't dive in and, and put some uh, more effort into the ship to ship combat. So, well, Unless it they did, just didn't what was going to happen.
0: Yeah. Indestructible said that they took it off <clears throat> because of, or they took the Spelljammer Academy intro um, off of the website because it had some questionable Hadoozy art, which I know there was that like Hadoozy thing that came out. Um, but then in my mind, I'm like, take, it's a website, remove the art, update it to yeah, something else. Like a it's one. a website. This was never printed. Yeah. There's like,
1: 8 million fans. It'll draw you a new art piece. <laughs> like I don't,
0: I just don't Damn. get it. So, and I don't know why this wasn't like bundled as like a, a cheap kind of like printed and then slid in with the spell jammer um other than they want you to use D beyond but like why wasn't this part of the spell jammer box set so
1: yeah i don't mind a good dd beyond tie-in if if they're hoping to promote that but if that's why you make it free and that's why you get people to come there and that's part of that's the marketing ploy right hey it's free they'll come here maybe they'll stay and get something else but you still got to offer the free stuff to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It was just a limited
0: time thing and they got rid of it. And I mean, I still have access to it. I'm looking at it right now. Like, but it, it just, other people can't get it if you got onto that late. So I don't know. I, right. now I'm all worked up. I'm all upset. Anyway. Okay.
1: Calm down. Deep breaths. So, uh, buddy.
0: but we'll see about, we'll see about plainscape uh, Planescape. Um, yeah. I, I really think that, and maybe I talked about this on a, on the solo show, but like Wizards of the Coast is Hasbro in general banks on nostalgia, and I'm getting more excited for like new properties where people are like really excited about like I made this new yeah. thing. We you mentioned know? this in our last um, show,
1: yeah, <laughs> where I was there. <laughs> there you go. That's Dude, what I'm thinking about. So yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and it's like I made this new campaign setting, and it's so cool. Like Dolmenwood. I'm very excited about Dolmenwood because it's like he's been working on it forever and he loves it. And you can see the passion in it as opposed Mm -hmm. to somebody being handed Planescape and they're like, make it again. And you're like, okay, I can, you know, and maybe they have fond memories of Planescape, but like, they're not that enthused about it. You know, it's not their baby. so who knows?
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's because one, they're getting the mandate to do that. Right. And two, it's almost like they're not given permission to add to the canon. They're only given permission to rework the canon that was already there. And I think that's the problem. Like if they'd have been able to say, okay, we're going to do Planescape, but now we're going to talk about some other planes that we've never talked about or never done, or there's something new, then we can get excited about it. Or Mm -hmm. in Spelljammer, yeah, we have some of the old Spelljammer stuff, but here's the new stuff that we've never had. But it always seems like they're just rehashing what has already been done updating it for 5e and using those tools and toys but not really giving us newer ones right and i think that's where they've fallen down if i were to say in the 5e um campaign world they haven't given us new stuff about forgotten realms like we haven't learned anything new about forgotten realms it seems like in 5e maybe you could say our next little mention here in our notes could be something new that we're adding to the canon but it seems like i can't think of any of the other stuff whereas in when you're in third edition new canon is coming out all the time and new cool things that you're learning about the world is coming out and then fourth edition they you know they're doing new cool things they're adding things or they're trying things whether Uh, they're new or people like them or not and then fifth edition was just like well let's just repackage what was already there and get away from any type of new canon is what it felt like
0: yeah and that's the like This is a whole bag of worms, but like new canon is difficult uh, because people are familiar with, with, I really think Eberron did it right as a campaign setting where every Mm -hmm. game starts two years after the last war ended. Mm -hmm. And we can explore different parts. You can tell thousands of different stories in Eberron. But it's like, it always takes place around two years after the war. And then if you become really excited, you're like, you know what? Let's play during the last war. So then you have like a flashback game and you're actually like fighting, you know, the the big war or let's, let's flash forward in the future. Like, did the Mornlands expand farther? Like, oh, I don't know. Let's try it. So that works because we all have a same kind of basis to go off mm-hmm. of and The idea of the living Greyhawk or living Forgotten Realms is a really cool idea. Don't get me wrong. And it can have novel tie-ins and all this other stuff, but it makes it confusing as all get out. And so (laughs) that is why Wizards is saying, like, we want the Forgotten Realms to kind of just be like, uh, what is the word? I don't know, like Marvel or something where – where. There are all these different stories that take place in different time periods, but really it's all kind of like modern day New York, you know, and Mm -hmm. and you just kind of enjoy it. So with that and the movie coming out and 5e in general, they've never put a date on a lot of things because they kind of just want it to be like, well, all this bad stuff is happening. Or what I think is they're going to do is they're going to say, each of these different adventures tomb of annihilation out of the abyss, they all happened, but in different branches of the multiverse. Well, Cause I think that's what they want to do is just say that, and that everybody's game is a different branch of the multiverse. And so.
1: Um, right. And I think that's what tied them from making new Canon is they latched onto everybody's world is their own world and it all exists in the multiverse. So it's like, they don't have to invent any of that stuff. It's the, we're letting the dungeon masters do it, which is great. There's plenty of dungeon masters out there that are ready to create worlds and create new stuff, but there's still a a large group of us, I think, that would love some new stuff about Forgotten Realms that we've never gotten, places we haven't gone, that haven't been more than described by a paragraph. You know, How long has it been since we've gotten to go to Myth Draenar? We're finally going to maybe get to go into Thay. But like a deep dive into Thay has been long overdue. What about all the other big giant continents that are out there floating around in these oceans? There's all kinds of places we could be going. And they're not doing any of those things. It's just like rehash of Sword Coast and the same adventures and stuff from Sword Coast, the yeah. same things that we already had done. You know, because they
0: know that the the iconic Waterdeep, Boulders Gate, Neverwinter, yeah. they want those to stand out and those only stand out if you force people to go there all the time. But I agree. I was very surprised that they went to Chult. Like that blew me away because I was it's not that far away, but it was like far enough away and dinosaur-y enough that I'm like, wait, what?
1: Yeah. And um, that was my favorite, I think, too, because I learned some stuff I didn't know before. Yeah. Versus so playing they, now.
0: Yeah. They definitely can expand on the lore and and make it a living Forgotten Realms and who knows? Maybe with six edition we'll get another like, hey, it's 100 years in the future. This is all the stuff that happened in 5e. Now we're going to have the new 5.1e and it'll be 100 years in the future. And who knows? That's a lot easier to um, understand. Uh, Like, here are the adventures that happened for 5e as opposed to a living Forgotten Realms that every six months I need to be like, okay, who won what? How did this play? Like, I I like the idea of a living world, uh. But f- intro f- as an intro world, which the Forgotten Realms is an intro campaign setting for Dungeons and Dragons. It does not make sense to make it that complicated, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Fandelver forever, over and over again. It's all <laughs> we'll play. Um, Fandelver Below is out September nineteenth, which will be exciting. Um. Mm-hmm. And I I th- I got I actually got contacted by Wizards of the Coast PR team. I guess they have a new PR company that they're working with, or they're doing it in-house or something now. So I was very surprised. So they contacted me. I was on a, a mass email list, blind copied kind of thing. So it's like, I can't see anybody else who's on there, but it was a generic email. Um, but sure. it said like, hey, uh, we want to send you a copy. And I was like, I'll take your copy. So I guess they're going to mail me um a physical copy which will be cool. Nice. Uh
1: so I don't know I one's might... interesting too cuz like this is the we we find out about the obelisk which I really think is an is an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, so it's on D&D Beyond. I went and casually read through it. I I think it involves a obelisk but it doesn't it's like another piece oh, okay. of the puzzle. It's not the grand, like, answer oh, okay. that we've been looking for. And I was a little upset because I'm like, you guys are marketing this as, like, we'll finally discover the secrets of the obelisks. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's just another weird obelisk that does something weird. And goblins are using <laughs> it for weird things. Uh, It, it doesn't seem to have a... Over- like... I want all of the it obelisks to connect and, to the other yeah. ones. Uh, well, it does. Like it is the same type of obelisk as all these other ones. But uh, the thing is, is all the obelisks have different powers. Mm-hmm. But I want this. I wanted this adventure at the end to be like, and all the obelisks flare up all over Feyrune, and then you could, and they create like a giant yeah. pentagram, and, and like Vecna bursts out <laughs> of the ground. Like I don't know. I wanted something <laughs> cool like that, and it it doesn't have that. So I I think they're saving that for um the 50th anniversary or it is not on their mind and they were like oh Mm -hmm. we thought it would be kind of fun to put this in and then people like Jordan made videos on the obelisks and now we think it's an important thing
1: I don't know so Mm -hmm. or it's something that they didn't think was important but we did we just grabbed onto it yeah yeah grab onto something that the, the creators didn't realize yeah. that was going to be the thing that grabbed you. We, we the goblin, the, the obelisks. Yeah. And now we have a pet <laughs> goblin that follows
0: us around. So yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, but it, and maybe I'll reread it. Like I, I casually skimmed it looking for obelisk stuff. So maybe upon rereading it, uh, or reading it thoroughly, uh, when I get the mm-hmm. physical book, it'll pop out to me, but I was like, I'll set to make a, a video and it didn't, I was like, "There's nothing here." So, uh, there was a Pax West Acquisitions Incorporated game. It's available on YouTube. I wanted, I want to watch it, but I haven't watched it yet. But it's on my list of things to watch because I enjoy those. Jim Dark Magic came back, so I'm really excited for, to see Mike Mike oh, Berhulik nice. play uh, my favorite uh, wizard. <laughs> <laughs> um, These guys crack me up. We talk about Invisible Sun every once in a while, and there it is hard to find because it is out of print. Uh, but Monty Cook Games announced that they're doing a reprint, so it's another Kickstarter reprint. So they'll they'll start a backer kit or a Kickstarter, and you'll pledge money, and then they'll just fulfill that. So it's not like a. Um, I, th- I think it's literally like, how many do we need to make? Is what this is. You know, it's like a pre order, yeah. so that they know. Is it the cube? It's the, the cube? cube. It's the whole thing. Get it. all the nice. props the cube all the cards that it literally is the whole thing so if you if you want invisible sun it's coming back this is,
1: could be the time <laughs>
0: um which i have played it once <laughs> so and i i love it and actually i did too yeah <laughs> once my <with> you. <laughs> my friend katie uh we were talking about when we finished perils of the purple planet and I was like, yeah, I've got these other ideas and stuff. And she's just yeah. like, I still think we need to play that that Black Cube game. And I was like, well, if you want to, I would be really, <laughs> yeah. Because we've been talking about that since uh, before my son was born. I was in a show with her. And I was like, yeah, I got this like Black Cube thing. And she's like, what? <laughs> and so uh, she's my RPG friend. And she's like, we should play that. Uh, I also noticed that Monty Cook Games has an RPG called The Magnus Archives, which feels kind of like a Call of Cthulhu, I don't know, X Files kind of thing. Like you're it's definitely horror. Hor- um, yeah, I was thinking horror genre. Pro- yeah, I yeah, like vampires and all kinds of. I don't know. It's kind of like it looks like they're white wolf. Maybe I'm not really sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it it uses the Cipher system. Um, and they it's on backer kit. I shouldn't say it's a Kickstarter, but it's 1.5 million. Like they, they've been doing it. So, and for backer kit, 1.5 million is pretty good. Actually. Holy cow.
1: So yeah, and they've been putting out some cool, interesting ideas in the um, last year or so. Just these, these little niche ones with, um, the one about the house, then the Appalachian mountain. Yeah, one, I, I bought and, the house. You know, was the, like,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: So some interesting ones. I was excited to be
0: see that this was Cypher, because it, it I was like, oh, and it kind of goes back to that you can tell lots of different stories with the Cypher system. Um so I am not as interested in like the the weird liminal horror kind of vampire stuff. Uh so I mm-hmm. didn't back this mostly because I have so many other games. And I backed their last one, so I'm getting their uh modern day magic cypher book in the mail and that's the one i'm more excited to play so i didn't back this but like it looks cool i mean monty cook always does great stuff uh visually and i i mean i'm sure the game is fine too but like you look at the art and you're like oh my gosh this could be really
1: cool yeah old gods of appalachia was one yeah Um, that's based on a podcast and they did that one yeah i feel like this magnus archive might have been based on a podcast too maybe it is did i see that in some of the stuff maybe they did the weird some planar resource stuff. They're doing yeah, all the kinds weirds of cool coming stuff. out. Uh, Plane Breaker, which I love, still great. reading that. I'm trying to think of the other one, but the, oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the name uh, of the house one? The house one was called The Darkest House.
1: The Darkest House. Okay.
0: Yeah. I bought it at Gen Con. It's a system neutral horror game, and I say system neutral because like you're supposed to be able to import your characters from any game. Somehow, and I think it's because they're in a weird dream world state or something. Um, but I haven't had time to sit down and read it as well. So I've been reading lots of other stuff and novels. Lots of crazy. Other stuff. <laughs> Night Vale got an RPG. Yeah, Indestructible Boy. Uh, that is kind of like Welcome to the Magnus Archives. <laughs> uh, so good. Um. Yeah, and then I guess we have like ten minutes that to kind of talk about sense. games. So. Uh, Sounds like you've been doing
1: some cool stuff.
0: Yeah, well, we played our Perils of the Purple Planet game for DCC.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, And we're kind of coming towards the end of it. They are level six now. And it's like the highest DC. Oh, getting a phone call. We're getting. uh, They're the highest level Mm -hmm. that they could be. uh, Or not could be, because 10 is the highest. Sorry. Got distracted by my phone call. Um, (laughs) But they uh, are. Level six now, we ended the session with being level six. I told them, I'm like, we're kind of at the end game. You guys know where you need to go. We can kind of finish out the game. And then I have a level six DCC module that I want to run as like, this is the capstone to Perils of the Purple Planet, which the whole point of Perils of the Purple Planet is they're trying to escape the purple planet. When they finally escape, I think I'm going to cross it with this module, which I think is uh, something about the Chaos Lords. And it's a level six module where you're like on a random planet. So I think they like teleported, but they got to the wrong location and they have to like finish this last adventure and then we'll call it there. And we'll see what everybody wants to play. But they're they're leaning towards Invisible Sun, which I think would be a lot of fun. Um, My uh, Plangea six episode Plangea game was supposed to start today. But one of my players was in uh, California for Disneyland, so we decided mm, to hold that's off. A good I only have <laughs> I only have like four players. I was like, we'll just hold off. It'll be fun.
1: Are you running any the adventure from inside the book, or is this just one that you kind of put together? Based I put on- it together. Yeah, I, I read the
0: book cover to cover. I'm like, I like these factions as the evil monster. I'm gonna do this. I, had, I was reading another book about, uh, like, parasites. And I was like, I want there to be, mm-hmm. like, mind-controlling parasites. And then Baldur's Gate 3 came out. And I'm like, well, now I'm just ripping off Baldur's Gate 3 because of the right. tadpoles and stuff. But uh, not really. Uh, but um, I think my players, if they have played Baldur's Gate 3, will be like, oh, yeah. Um, but no, it's just, like, I, have, I've, I got it all worked out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, with wiggle room for them to go... Not so they're not railroaded, but like there's a clear like you, the adventure is this. So. what clan did you pick? They get to choose from any of the three in the 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 great wild in the center. So the oh, okay. lion, the bear, or the ape. Um, and then the idea is that all of the clans have come together to be like, we have this problem. We need to go figure out what's going on with it. Yeah. Um, we're gonna send you to the great abyss south. Because that is where these monsters are creeping up. It's pretty simple. They're they're level three. Um, I just wanted to play in that world. Uh, so so they've lived in
1: that world. Okay, okay is gotcha. the
0: idea? Yeah, they're they're not transplanted. They are um, from. Yeah. How do you start
1: that session? Because to me, every every session like that should start where they're in the dark, and they just see the glow on the horizon and they st- you know they they start making their way to there so they get that visual of the giant bonfire yeah. of night that they get ha- i mean that that has to be a scene in the first episode or first session well, I, of I the think, game that set everything yeah. i think just the safety
0: of it like yeah. the fire is here and it's like illuminating your whole thing and then you turn and you just see all of the monsters eyes who are too yeah. scared to get close <laughs> to the fire but want to come eat you. And I I think that visual of like safety, you know, fire, fire, danger, ah, but like safety versus we have, I can't even tell what's out there, you know?
1: Yeah, and they're building it as big as they can all through the night. They're constantly building it. There's like just throwing in those little, oh, you're talking to this person, but while you're doing that, you see another person carrying big chunks of more wood to throw on the money, you know, yes. it's just like, and just every day is like, in.
0: we need to go collect enough wood to survive the night kind of a thing on top of like yeah. food. There's a whole, there's a whole game on. of like foraging and getting food and yeah. stuff. And so, oh, so um, good. they did a really good job with that campaign setting. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Um very good. have a have a junk collecting space merchant in a rickety spaceship land on the purple planet and offer to carry the PCs to the next planet. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll think about that, sky. I like that idea. I I should <laughs> throw in like a Star Wars reference or something. Like an old an old speeder bike falls from the sky. There you go. But we've been having Jobless. a lot of fun with purple planet. There's uh uh, li- uh yeah, literally the last game uh or a while ago they found um sortak the destroyer who was a mummy that had a robotic eye and two robotic arms. And Mm -hmm. when they killed him, the eye and the arms were left. And then I kid you not like through random circumstance, like we rolled on the crit table and my player lost his right arm. And so he grafted the arm on because it was like, it wanted to attach itself. And so now he's got like a cool lightsaber hand arm Mm-hmm. And then he voluntarily decided to cut off his other arm because he's like, well, I got to know what the I other one does. One. <laughs> and so he did that. He lost his eye in battle too. So uh, the the amount of like the random roll tables have influenced mm-hmm. the game is really high, but it's for the better. It's been a lot of fun, uh, lots sure. of fun. They're going to go back to Earth and be like, or wherever they're from, whatever fantasy world they live on, but they're going to go back and, mm-hmm. and be like, man, you are not the people that left, like, because <laughs> you have You've changed. definitely been <laughs> mutated by the purple sun. You've been and like, some
1: places. Uh,
0: one That's of my characters cool. completely mind swapped with a blank, like, proto-human. So they're no longer the person they were, but, like, all of their stats change except for their intelligence and wisdom. It was really funny. So... Uh, but I'm Something sorry, I'm going words. on and on and on. What do you? What have you been doing, Lucian? What's
1: going on in the world of? Uh, so we're still in Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We're pretty far down. I think we're we're getting close to the end. You know, as the sessions go, and I think they'll go quicker now that we're heading into <laughs> summer, not taking up everybody's time. Um, we had some uh, space orcs, which I thought was kind of cool. We kept making uh, Warhammer 40k you know jokes all night long, but nice. it was the Forgot Realms version of Space Orcs and Mind Flayers. And we ran into a miniature giant space hamster, which yeah. was nice. I don't know if it was Boo or just a cousin of Boo or of somebody, but I think it's always hilarious to have that reference in the game. Um, I will say you should maybe... Sc- I don't know if he recorded these last two sessions, but in, um, in this level we're in, there are two main kind of people point people of interest maybe we'll say people of interest in this and you can meet either one of them um and they're both a uh, jinn, i believe so uh, of different uh, different planes mm-hmm. and uh, our dungeon master i think in the book they have songs that they sing when you meet them or like as you're coming up to them you hear them singing these songs or they have these songs that they can sing so our dungeon master has went the extra mile and not only is using voices for his NBCs, but then sang the songs in our sessions, and then <laughs> cited the genre of songs based on what made sense for a rock gin versus a, you know, a water gin or a fire gin or whatever. And mm-hmm. so it was like, you know, it's really funny to see him go full, full ham on, uh, this so i definitely encourage if you have that you're the type of dungeon master that can loves performance there's throw that in because i i I think the players were just we were laughing so hard about the whole thing it was great it was just a good that's great that's like the memories that you'll break out into song yeah
0: (laughs) that's the kind of memories where like you guys will meet up one day at a convention and just
1: be like sitting around dinner like remember that you're like
0: oh that was so cool and like
1: yeah that's why that's been super fun and then uh, the week before, we did do Session Zero to meet the, the characters of the campaign I'm going to be running, starting off in Waterdeep, Forgotten Realms. Still haven't decided exactly where this campaign's going to go from here yet, but I was like I wanted them to create their characters, and we just talked about them a little bit. Mm. It seems to be a, a Drow, a Wood Elf, a Half Elf, and then a Water um, Genasi is the group. So they're all have met into Waterdeep or have made their way to Waterdeep. And so I had two kind of ideas that I've been balancing back and forth. It's funny how you started the show because one idea has been, well, what if I started off with a bang and we just have the giant world cataclysm happen as they get there right from the get-go. And then Mm -hmm. the world is just like he's, we were talking before the show about um, what you called it, doomed forgotten realms, I think is what what you were talking about. So I was like, oh, that's exactly like, what if we just, Waterdeep gets destroyed, everything is going to crazy. And then we can just do anything we want in forgotten realms from that point on and just really go crazy with it. But then the other thing I was thinking about doing Tell me if this one's interesting to you where, and I still want you to be our big bad guy, but I just haven't got to the park. Oh, that's where they right. I forgot about that. The big bad guy <laughs> yet. Yeah. So I haven't done that piece yet. So we're not there yet. It'll happen eventually. Um, but then the other thing I was thinking is let them play this. And then our first session, we play through them in Waterdeep meeting up. I have not said you guys just meet in a tavern. They have not met each other yet. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to use session one to try to organically bring them together in such a way that seems you know like it would work okay but then maybe at the end of that session hand out character sheets to them that are their teenage selves either from using i have tales from the loop but i could also use kids on bikes Mm -hmm. and then when we come back for session two the story picks up with them at their table and the scene is hey guys we're at the last week of school this is our last hurrah, we play through that. And then what are we gonna do for the big summer? And the idea is that they're they're teenagers getting excited because summer's coming because they know in summertime they get to start their big campaign where they get to play longer sessions and get to play more and do more because Mm -hmm. they don't have to go to school. And then play that little piece of the game using either Tales from the Loop rules or kids on bike rules to play through that. And then the idea is I don't think any of them have seen Stranger Things. Really? So lean into- to under a
0: rock? What is happening? <laughs> lean
1: into, they're younger. I don't know. They, they, they I, I don't think they've watched the whole show. I think they're just, they're, I don't know. They're a younger crowd, I guess. Okay. I, they haven't got to it. So I'm like, a, this is perfect for me, but maybe lean into the kids on bikes part of it where there's something weird going on. and they start to realize parts of their game maybe are starting to influence their world. So they're playing two games, really. They're playing yeah. the teenagers playing the game inception. So how many, how many steps of inception can we get, but they also get to play dungeons dragons five E really fun, but we can play and we don't have to do it all the time, but it's like, we can pull out every now and then and just say, Hey, Hey guys, pull out your kids on bikes, character sheets. Cause we're flashing into, Oh, this is going on and this new thing's happening, but there's something strange about the neighbors, like the, the lights are flashing or something's going on. Mm-hmm. And then just as like a breather or a break to what's going on in the 5e campaign, we could play this teenagers, there's something weird in your house. And the other thing that I think would work with this group <clears throat> is they're all friends and they all went to school together. They went to the same high school, they all lived in the mm-hmm. same town, they all lived in this small Michigan town. That's how they know each other. I'm the kind of the outsider as the dungeon master, and and I didn't know them when they were you know at <laughs> this age. So I, I just thought that'd be kind of an interesting way to draw this group of players together. Um What do you think of that?
0: I like it. I mean, I like yeah. I like games that cross like system wise. I think that's kind of fun. Cross like I stream. I still think that there would be a cool. There's a there's a game out there where I like the idea of using something like Kids on Bikes where you're just people and then transitioning into either mechs or the matrix where it's like mm-hmm. now we're going to log in and now i have superhuman abilities but only in this setting meanwhile yeah. back in the real there's world there's two
1: stories going yeah yeah, on. yeah yeah
0: meanwhile back in the real world they that guy has to like run down the ship using his physical you know kids on mm-hmm. bike stats that's not very good to plug in i don't know some kind of ray array hard drive so that i can have like kung fu moves or something uh yeah. th- but i mean how it's always mm-hmm. weird because like it's it. like when you start adding levels of complexity like that it's usually like uh it's fun to talk about but is it actually fun to play that i don't know but i think this is a cool idea like it could be kind of
1: fun oh, yeah. so those are the two ways i'm going and then um because i still haven't centered on exactly where i want this campaign to go they've just said they want to play a five 5e- dungeons and dragons game they're excited about their characters i think i've kept it pretty secret enough that they just don't know what's about to happen mm. um they've not played very they played a couple of uh published adventures in the past but they haven't done a lot of dungeons and dragons they haven't done a lot of 5e um or dungeons and dragons in general so i think i have you know i can really pick from anything i was looking at the other thing i had thought about i pulled out my um essentials the the other one they did the essentials kit that was like the starter kit, and I think it has the Ice Spire Dragon adventure storyline in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, which also does kind of get in the Fandelver area, so another Fandelver spot. But it was the one they redid as a box set, um, as like a, a newer box set. So I thought that's the other one I could run if I just wanted to run something that was published. Well, if
0: easy. you get Fandelver and Below, it includes the original Fandelver game. And yeah, so, so I could like, have all of it. Then. One to
1: five is just
0: Fandelver and they they cleaned up a bunch of language here yeah. and there and made it a little clearer. And then the, you know
1: you could do that. But and then my last idea is still Temple of Elemental Evil. I bought from Goodman Games the five E version. Yeah. I have sitting right there. I just didn't know if I wanted to dive into. I'm I'm in Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Do I want to run a a mega dungeon that nobody ever finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I want to dive right back in? Yeah. I don't know yet. So it's iconic, that's but it's like
0: uh, it's not. I don't I want I, to do it. I don't know
1: if now's the time.
0: Yeah. I don't, I think the joke is that nobody actually finished the right. Temple of no. Elemental Evil like ever, and yeah. that's one of yeah, the reasons it's it. iconic because it was just like what? So who knows. Yeah.
1: And other than that, Starfield has uh, consumed my last week or two, like Baldur's Gate has consumed many others, yeah. which I'm still going to have. Baldur's Gate consume my life, but right now I'm I'm deep into Starfield too. Right now, and having, I hear like,
0: it's good, last. so I I, I want to get into time. that, but I need to, I probably need to I need to finish Baldur's Gate three, which I'm close to, and then I gotta replay it. I have like a whole another thing where I'm like I gotta yeah. replay this and go on a different like play style and see what changes.
1: I recommend so. have a palate cleanser of some sort, where you play another style of game or different game before you jump back into Starfield, because I think it's it's just like Baldur's Gate in that it's an RPG adventure and there's a lot of stuff and story and stuff going on. I don't know if you want to do two of those games right back to back with all oh of those with Starfield, games that, yeah, because you'll want to play. I'm I'm already thinking I want to go back through Starfield and do different decisions and different things, you know, because it's a Bethesda game, it's a you know an a RPG mega game just like yeah. a, a Baldur's Gate so go play Pikmin or
0: something in between so yeah yeah (laughs) uh awesome well that's our show ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for watching and for subscribing and sharing the best way you can help this podcast is by sharing it with a friends and you can do that by going to uh oh what's the website uh the podcast is now on uh jorfton.substack.com i think substack.com yeah so, you can go to dwarfton.substack.com. Last week's episode is not there because I didn't edit it and put it up there, but I will now that I have this episode and last week's episode to do. <laughs> um, so, definitely uh, check it out. Subscribe there. Uh, Patreon, you know, YouTube channel. I'm hoping to get more YouTube videos done. I've been writing a lot of stuff, but uh, I've also just been taking a lot of like Jordan time, kind of just like trying to get feel better and, and do better and write things yeah. like that so um good we, time for that yeah uh we will be back next week with another episode and until then take care everybody thanks so much Bye-bye.